Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Andy Buckley, good morning. Welcome. Welcome. How are you? Yeah, good. Probably a little bit better than you, actually. I mean, you're a hardcore City fan. Everybody was expecting you to get past Cellar Dwellers Southampton, reach another semi-final of the EFL Cup, only for Southampton to beat you by two goals to nil, which I guess the pleasing thing is it gives every team in the Premier League some hope and reinforces perhaps the point that, well, City aren't invincible. They're not invincible, no. Um, I suppose on the plus side, it clears the decks a bit uh, with the fixture list because rather than facing a two-legged semi-final, um, City uh, with a crowded fixture list have uh, got the schedule eased slightly. However, there were worrying um, uh, aspects of the performance at St Mary's because uh, those who made the 400-mile round trip uh, in awful weather from Manchester to Southampton were, uh, well, they were let down, really. They turned up, but the team didn't. Uh, and the inquest uh, has been long and hard um, in the last 24 hours since that defeat. It, it was mind-numbing, really. I mean, City have lost a lot of games and, you know, it might be the odd goal and they've come unstuck uh, and it happens. But the manner of the defeat was the most uh, disconcerting aspect of it because they were absolutely shocking. They didn't produce a shot on target, which uh, is has not happened for about five years. Uh, and it, it, it was appalling. And the finger's being pointed today at uh, people like Phil Foden, uh, Jack Grealish, Calvin Phillips. Zhao Cancelo has really got it in the neck. And the thing is, in 48 hours time, less than 48 hours, we've got the Manchester derby. So with United flying uh, and City suddenly uh, having this kind of a panic attack, uh, uh, the people are saying it's a wake-up call. Tellingly, a comment from Ilkay Gundogan, a classy midfielder, wrong side of 30, unfortunately. After the game, he said something is not right and he accepted that City's attitude, their approach, the commitment, uh, something's been missing uh, in the last few weeks. They've been scraping results, they've not been playing convincingly. Uh, so it, it's music to the ears of Liverpool fans like yourself and the rest of the Premier League. And, but it doesn't surprise City fans in the slightest when he said that because uh, last night the, the, everything came crashing down, albeit a one-off cup tie. They could go and win 3-0 at Old Trafford on Saturday. But then again, uh, they could get uh, a bit of a rude awakening in the fact that... Uh, they need to shape up. Uh, yeah, but Andy, I mean, really, probably maybe outside of Newcastle, possibly Arsenal, are there any... Most of the teams, I think, in the English Premier League, you might include Manchester United uh, as another exception to what I'm about to say, but surely, I mean, we've talked about the busy schedule, we've talked about the fixture lists. Are there any sides that are happy with their consistency at the moment? No, there aren't. I accept that. Um, but uh, and I suppose in a way that the kind of romance of the cup when Southampton, bottom of the table, struggling, uh, conjure up a, a, a surprise upset against the favourites, then that underscores really the, the magic of uh, English football and especially cup competitions. But yeah, I, I don't think there's anybody that convincing. I think Arsenal and United are, are the big winners because I, I see them really as the, the, the teams. Uh, Liverpool are too far off the pace probably to win the Premier League and have got that inconsistency but uh, you know big game coming up uh, Arsenal against Tottenham at the weekend uh, and if United can close the gap on City then United will think well hang on a minute we can not think about the top four we can think of it even going better than that but it's also with this 
this this uh, uh, the holy grail of the Champions League that's missing from City's role of honour. And yes, it's a cup competition, but you know it's that uncertainty about whether they can deliver at that level. And also, I've got to make it clear as a City fan, and this is what City fans are talking about in Manchester today, is Pep Guardiola has said that if uh, something's broken, he won't hang around, even though he signed an extended contract during the World Cup, he won't hang around. And I don't know, there's just something at the back of his mind thinking, would Guardiola be there into next season? I don't know. If they win the Champions League, I think he'll walk away with his head held high. Still walk away with his head held high whatever happens this season after what he's done over the last few seasons. And nobody's complaining about him at all, but I just get that sense that we're on borrowed time with him really as the manager. And and if if, if for some reason City don't do what they've done in the last few seasons, i.e. put together something special, which they can do, 15-16 match winning run, uh, then, uh, but then, you know, his days could be numbered. Obviously, it'd be his choice when he goes. But uh, it's going to be tough. It is going to be very tough, and it's going to be absolutely fascinating. Mm. Okay, let's have a look at the fixtures coming up this weekend because Southampton will take a huge amount of confidence out of that. They're in the bottom three, along with Everton, and those two sides play each other. Um, how do you see this one going? Uh, impossible to predict, really. And I've been looking at the fixtures for this weekend and it's just so, such a nightmare really to to know uh, what Everton team are going to turn up I think the Everton team at Goodison uh, is is pretty poor home or away really having said that I think Sophie's uh, come unstuck uh, Southampton how will they respond to that win um, last night against Manchester City uh, so difficult to say you just can't say with any accuracy really how that one is going to go. I just do know, we do know that both are absolutely desperate for a victory. So I'm going to go for a draw. Okay, now Liverpool are away to Brighton. Um, no Virgil van Dijk, an ageing midfield. Brighton, a very much formed team at the moment. I'm going to suggest that my mob, Liverpool, might just lose a game. Well, yeah, I don't know. Uh, again, I'd still, I'd still be optimistic if I was a Liverpool fan. I think, uh, although Brighton are doing so well, I, I just think if... You know, if he can get it together, Liverpool, there's a chance there. I know you, you, it would point to, I mean, Brighton got that splendid 3-3 draw, didn't they, at Anfield earlier in the season? Was it Trossard with a hat-trick? I don't think he's played in the last couple of games. Uh, but um, you, you fancy Brighton. But uh, again, yeah, I, I, if Liverpool were to come away with 2-0 victory, I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest either. We've got the London Northern Derby. We've got Tottenham Hotspur taking on Arsenal. Now, last season, Tottenham Hotspur, I think, won both fixtures against Arsenal. Arsenal, top of their Premier League. Tottenham Hotspur, a little bit like City, a little bit like Liverpool. Not sure whether they're coming or going. A huge game. Not a lot of love between these two. In fact, zero love between both these teams. Where do you... What's your sort of sense? Um... Well, Spurs have been bland, haven't they? They're, they're, they're unexciting. I mean, I don't think Conte's uh, long-term prospects. He, he's, he's very impatient. Um, he wants funds. Whether he'll get those funds from Daniel Levy, I'm not too sure. Uh, but a major test of Arsenal's title credentials. This, I think a draw would be a good result for Arsenal. Mm-hmm. I think a draw would be a good result for City at, at Man United. Uh, and Arsenal have got to play City home and away. Spurs have got to play City home and away all in the space of the next four or five weeks. Uh, if Arsenal can make a statement and beat uh, Tottenham, then uh, fair play to them. Uh, you know, the, 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 I'm not saying they're looking good for the title, but uh, it's another important milestone. Uh, but you never know which Tottenham's team's going to turn up either. With, with Harry Kane 
I think he's a couple of goals short of another major milestone, beating Jimmy Greaves' all-time goal-scoring record at Tottenham. Um, so he, he's, uh, you know, he's he's been scoring goals, got a great goal uh, last week. Um, so North London derby, like the Manchester derby, very hard to predict. If you didn't follow the Premier League and you weren't aware of the table, you'd look of the top four teams, which are Arsenal City, Newcastle United and Manchester United, that this week Newcastle have probably got the easiest game. They take on Fulham. But what people don't realise is Fulham are currently sixth on the table and, they come off the, and they're coming into this game with three consecutive wins. Yeah, I know. Uh, amazing record, Fulham. And uh, there's, a, there's a lot of support for Fulham. People like uh, Fulham uh, historically. Uh, and, and they've been this yo-yo team zipping in and out of the Premier League and now it looks as though they're going to stay there for another season. So, yeah, uh, been, it's, it, there's a, people are enjoying it, Fulham's uh, resurgence uh, and uh, likewise with Newcastle. Um, but they've got that two-legged semi-final coming up, which, uh, all right, they haven't got Europe to worry about this season, maybe next season. But, um, yeah, again, Newcastle, there's, there's a certain fascination about... Uh, about about what they're doing, and I suppose it's it keeps Newcastle's success, Fulham's success, and Arsenal's success keeps that freshness really uh, within the Premier League. Because I don't think the Premier League hierarchy wants to see Manchester City win it yet again. It's a bit like Manchester United and like Liverpool back in the eighties. You know, if you go think of it in my neck of the woods, we've got Wigan Warriors, the, the rugby league team, and, and they're winning the Challenge Cup every year for about nine years in a row. It becomes tedious. It gets boring. And even clubs, even clubs of uh, uh, supporters of clubs who, who are winning regularly, they might turn around and say, well, uh, long may it continue. But it, I don't think it's good for any sport, really, to have a dominance whereby you're just completely ripping the other team to shreds. So uh, that, that little bit of jeopardy involved in it, that, that it, 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 it all adds to the mix and all makes it such a, an exciting spectacle. One of the things, actually, talking about exciting spectacles, I, I was reading uh, about comments about the number of minutes that the ball is actually in play and apparently it's the lowest for 12 years now so out of a 90 minute plus game of football uh, the ball has been in play 54 minutes 49 seconds 54 minutes out of 90 minutes that's an awful lot of time for stoppages uh, so David Dean the Sorry. No, I was just going to say, but we've sort of saw the FIFA World Cup trying to address those issues. We've seen a lot more extra time now, a lot more stoppage time being added on to games. Yeah, but they did. But back in England, it's back in the old ways. It's it's as you were. Um, so nothing's changed. And the Premier League said it when they came back from Qatar. They said, well, don't expect that to happen here. Uh, and I think TV schedules perhaps might be wrong, may have something to do with it. They don't want uh, advertisers waiting to screen their their ad breaks for, for 12 minutes while uh, they play catch-up football. But David Dean, the former Arsenal chairman, has said that they're going to look, and that the International Football Board, whose next meeting is in March, are going to discuss it and maybe trial it. I'm all in favour of it. I think having a stop clock, like they're doing rugby, basically, uh, for major incidents, not all the time, but for major incidents, goal celebrations, substitutions, stop the clock, and then have a big clock in the stadium. Everybody can see how long it's been played, and then you get more transparency, you get more accuracy. Because people quite literally being shortchanged, if you go to a football match and you're paying good money to watch 54 minutes of football. 
Uh, yeah, I've been recently doing some commentary for New Zealand football in futsal, which is basically indoor soccer for people not familiar with it. Yeah. They play two 20-minute halves, but the clock stops every time the ball goes out, and the game actually ends up lasting 90 minutes in terms of its duration, even though the actual... But, but the ball but you do get to see the full 40 minutes of uh, actual futsal being played. But I'm not sure that I want to see a game um, extended that long, almost twice, sometimes two and a half times the total duration of the game. Oh, no, it'd be like watching American football, wouldn't it? Which uh, is obviously a test of endurance for the best of us. But um, uh, but maybe it'll speed things up a bit because the time wasters will know that they're not going to get away with it, whereas at the moment they're getting away with it. You just want to kill a game. Then and, and we've seen it. We see it every week. Teams just thinking, right, we're in the lead. We're just going to kill this game. Uh, we're going to kick the ball away as the other team's about to take the throw in. Uh, and it never gets added on. It, it it never ever gets added on. So all we're looking for really is a fair ratio of, of of minutes. And if they know that they can't get away with it, they might get a move on a bit, and they might just uh, not drag the heels mm-hmm. and just prolong. Uh, uh, the frustration. Uh, just finally, before we do let you go, uh, the other game that we probably should touch on this weekend is Chelsea. They take on Crystal Palace. They have played 18 games. They've actually played one game more than Arsenal City, United and Liverpool. They currently sit 10th on the table with just 25 points. They were beaten up badly against your mob 4-0. Graham Potter's come in, former manager of Brighton. They believe he's the right guy going forward. If Chelsea don't win this game, how much pressure does he find himself under? Uh, yeah, he is under pressure. Chelsea are a higher and fire um, regime, certainly under Abramovich, a new owner now, of course, Todd Bowley. Uh, well, there is that sense of uh, impatience uh, in West London. And he is under a lot of pressure and people are suddenly turning around saying, oh, maybe he's not the right fit for Chelsea. Has he got the credentials? Has he got the stature? I don't think they think that matters. I think they've got to uh, be patient with him. Nottingham Forest showed patience with Steve Cooper uh, and it paid off. It's happened elsewhere as well. That's what people have said about Everton and Frank Lampard. Just stick with them. So uh, whatever the results, um, I think Chelsea have just got to grin and bear it. If I said I would stick with him this season, you say, you know, we, we grin and bear it because uh, the games are coming thick and fast. He didn't have a World Cup to play with a lot of his, his players. I know the, the accusation is that Chelsea have lost their identity, they've lost their personality. Uh, it's not the same calibre of, of Chelsea side that it has been, but it's a transitional time for Chelsea. And all clubs will go through it and it comes in cycles. You know that, I know that. You've seen it as a Liverpool supporter, uh, all the dominance that Liverpool enjoyed in the 70s and 80s and then sort of the barren years in terms of the league title in the 90s and beyond, while you know that mob up the road at Old Trafford were uh, winning all before them. Manchester City went through all the anguish and um, for decades and now it, it's been their, their, their decade of dominance, but uh, Chelsea have just got to suck it up. The problem is, of course, that the fans get impatient, they're so fickle. Now you could accuse me and say, well Andy, you're being impatient and you're being fickle as a City fan because you knee-jerk reaction to losing at Southampton uh, on Wednesday night in the, the League Cup. I get that, I take that, but uh, you know, there's, there's uh, everything is analysed and we're part, partly to blame, aren't we, in the media because we scrutinise it as we are now in such great detail, such minute detail, but then again, it's our game, it belongs to us. Uh, we pay to go through the turnstiles to watch the team, so we're entitled to have our say and, and they get big books for it, they get highly rewarded for it. So that's the pressure that goes with it. And I suppose Graham Potter, nice bloke that he is, will accept that that's it. You're in the spotlight, just live with it. Uh, I just hope Chelsea stick with him. Andy Buckley, we appreciate your time today here on the programme. Thank you.
Pleasure.